Hey guys, welcome back to the King Kumar podcast, where your dreams and goals will become a reality with the amazing people that I interview. And today's guest is so special. It's so amazing. And I'm glad that he decided to come on to my podcast. He's a legend. This one is no other than Mohammed Mogudam, the co-founder of a company called Genius and also the co-founder of a company called Everpedia. Mohammed Mogudam is the former CEO of Genius, a rap music company, and now he is the co-CEO of Everpedia, a, a, a competitor to Wikipedia. We'll get into a little bit more about him a little bit later, but first I want to share with you guys a couple of announcements. The first being, what am I going to be uploading? So as you guys might have noticed, I've been really sporadic and I've only been posting it two weeks, either on a Saturday or a Sunday, and this is going to change. From now on, I will be posting my episodes on Fridays. And the reason why I've been so sporadic is because I haven't been getting the amount of listens that I need to get to. And this is where you guys come in. Guys, I want to grow my podcast to 100 listens. And I need your guys' help. I need you guys to share the podcast with three friends. I need you guys to give me a review on Apple Podcasts. And just really help me out and make my podcast grow. Now, one of the tools that I would like to use to grow is an email list. The reason for this is because you guys will get emails every single time um, I post a podcast. I would also like to look into doing something like community or some sort of an app so you guys can get like a text whenever I post a podcast um, so that you guys can listen and so that we can get these numbers up and if you guys could share it, like I mentioned, that would help out a lot. And also, give me a review on Apple Podcasts. Now, I want to get to know you guys a little bit more. So I'm going to be creating a Discord and also a Facebook group. And using the Discord, we can help each other with any problems that we are having trouble with. And using the Facebook group, we can make announcements. We can also help each other with problems that we are having. And the reason I'm saying this is so I'm held accountable. And I'll try to get this done um, in the next podcast or two. So in the next week or two. Now, let's talk about our guest today, Muhammad Mogudam. Now, I like Muhammad Mogudam. He is like the Elon Musk of, he's like Elon Musk Jr. He's very confident and he's not afraid to say anything. And that's why I like him a lot. He's very courageous. He's very smart and insightful. And you guys are going to see how insightful and knowledgeable he is. We're going to talk about Bitcoin, uh, the co who's the founder of Bitcoin. We're going to talk about social media, how to grow in social media. We're going to talk about my business idea, my entrepreneurship idea. We're going to talk about what he as an investor likes to see in entrepreneurs that he invests in. We're going to talk about how he founded Genius, how he founded Everpedia. We're going to get into all the nit and grit about entrepreneurship. And yes, we are also going to be discussing what Kanye West is like in real life. So guys, 
don't forget listen to the whole podcast because so that you can hit that gem of seeing what Kanye West is really like. Muhammad is going to share a awesome story about it. So without further ado, guys, let's get into the podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the King Kumar podcast, where you will be inspired to make your dreams a reality. Today, I'm here with my guy, Mahamud. Uh, Mahamud, welcome to the podcast, man. What's good, dog? What's, I'm chilling over here in uh, New York City, the blockchain wasteland of America, trying to spread uh, spread the wisdom. I got to ask you, man, speaking of blockchain, who who is this The guy who started Bitcoin? Like, he is a mystery guy, but who do you think he is? I believe Craig Wright. I believe, so, you know, uh, I, I know how people can all just universally decide to hate you. So everyone's decided to hate Craig Wright. But for me, his whole story makes sense. And every time I hear him talk... It seems sincere. He didn't. He didn't truly understand the point of crypto in a lot of ways. Uh, but you could say the same thing about Steve Jobs, who's kind of the inventor of the internet. Like Steve Jobs used to say that he hates when people are glued to their iPhone, and he had strict rules about how like he only uses the iPhone for an hour a day or whatever. So it's kind of funny. Like the guy who invest invented it didn't understand like how revolutionary his invention was, and then. That's kind of how I feel about Craig Wright as Satoshi. But I believe him. I think I think Craig Wright is Satoshi. Interesting. So for those who don't really know about Bitcoin or even blockchain, since blockchain is getting to that future, like what everyone wants and Bitcoin is starting to kind of dwindle away, what would you say as a Bitcoin expert, what would you explain Bitcoin as? Uh, Bitcoin's internet money, although really it looks more like Bitcoin's internet gold. But uh, I'm a a Bitcoin maximalist. I think it's kind of like how gold for a long time has been underpinning global currency. Bitcoin is going to underpin digital currency. So that's kind of like the gold standard for internet money there's other forms of internet money that can that can be built like you know we're, we're we have iq foreverpedia and predict but even with iq the most important thing that we work on is creating on and off ramps with bitcoin we want people to be able to seamlessly change their iq for bitcoin yeah i remember listening to this podcast about this guy who got into the bitcoin business it was a planet money podcast and he basically talked about like how he was into the bitcoin business and one day you know because you cannot track bitcoin like the government can track it there's no regulations it's basically just the companies who regulate it which is kind of what blockchain is in a way but anyway going back to my story like he basically um he basically like started this business with bitcoin and one day one of his users was a drug dealer and this drug dealer used Bitcoin currency to buy drugs on the black market because it can't be tracked. They can't find out who's buying this Bitcoin. And eventually this guy was caught and thrown in jail. And when he thrown in jail, he kind of came up with this blockchain idea. He kind of used the idea of blockchain in jail cells because he knew like, oh, I think in jail, like sardines are very, um, 
like they, they're high in demand because that's how that's like their currency so he yeah so he used the idea of blockchain and he used it in there because on blockchain it's all regulated by the by these companies like these companies um kind of regulate who gets what and that's what they do in blockchain like and it's like not regulated by the government but like it's like peer-to-peer it's like kind of like um, balance like checks and balances with the companies. Um, I don't know if I'm onto something here, but what would you say black blockchain is? Uh, it's in- internet money, really. I think the, the so the main ways that blockchain adds value, like first there's you know, doing nefarious things and hiding money, and like that can be very valuable, like having crypto can just make the government less in control of currency so it's going to be easier to hide uh it's gonna be easier to move around but then what i think is really exciting about blockchain and i'm trying to build on it are dApps decentralized applications Basically, it's just a way to give a small amount of value back to people who are using your app, whether they're creating content or you're giving them uh, something back for their data. And there aren't a lot of dApps that are doing well. Everpedia is kind of the only show in town. There's Steemit, but Steemit uh, is not scalable. And also their community kind of stopped caring they never really produced that good of content either. It was just kind of like jank Reddit posts. Uh, Voice is supposed to launch next week. Uh, that's going to be tough. Uh, there were things like Crypto Kitties, uh, which kind of was a flash in the pan. Uh, there's Brave Browser, which is cool. Brave, you know, Brave in some ways it should be my favorite because uh, I hate Google so much. And we're partnered with, Everpedia is partnered with Brave, but I'm still not using it. I, I got to get on Brave and, and get on it. Uh, that That's one that I think can be valuable too. But I think what we're doing, where we're just straight up using IQ tokens for uh, writing encyclopedia articles. That for me is the cornerstone of blockchain that's what blockchain can do like the internet allowed people to do all of this cool stuff for free the block blockchain allows people to do everything on the internet and transfer value too interesting yeah so what wikipedia i know you hate them too but what they say blockchain is is blockchain a blockchain originally blockchain is a growing list of records called blocks they are linked together using cyto cytography each block contains a cytographic hash of the previous block a timestamp and transcription data by design by this by design a blockchain is resistant to the modification of data that's just a mouthful but if you guys wanted the, the textbook answer that's what blockchain is and it's funny that you were kind of describing how you hate Google and how your company kind of started their own browser. Uh, something interesting that I remember listening to a lot of podcasts is um, Bing, like when Bing was going competitive with Google, they used to pay people to actually use their browser. And that's kind of one of the ways that they kind of were kind of going up against Google. What is your company doing to kind of beat Google? 
Yeah, if you look at the early days, Google was experimenting with this too. Like one thing that's kind of quasi blockchain is YouTube. YouTube still compensates a lot of creators, a lot of people, it's not their full-time job. There's people who make a hundred dollars, a couple hundred dollars a month. Uh, also, you probably don't remember when I got into the internet, blogs were hot. That's kind of how I became an underground celebrity is I had my own mm -hmm. blog. Mm -hmm. And then Google would lie and pretend they're going to pay you for your blog. No one ever actually got a check. So the way that it would work, if you started a blog on blogger.com, which was Google's platform, they said that they'll send you a check when you got to $100. And you would never get to $100. Like my blog, which was kind of like, you know, it didn't have a huge following, but it had a cult following. My blog, I think, made a total of like $65 over 10 years. So yeah, I never got yeah. paid. It's just if you go and sign up, it says like, you've reached $65. Get the $35 more and we'll send you a check. So what you're talking about is kind of Web 2.0. That's what you're kind of talking about, the age of blogging. Like This wasn't even Web 2.0. That's the funny thing. Web 1.0 was where they were like, maybe we should share the wealth. Web 2.0, they decided to make it a lot sexier, but more centralized. Like... Facebook has never tried to share the wealth. Facebook, it's 100%. Everything you're doing is just enrich Mark Zuckerberg. But then Zuck feels bad about that. So he's the one who is trying to get back on the crypto wagon. He's trying to launch a cryptocurrency for Facebook. And he's trying to compensate. But but yeah, Web 2.0, this whole early concept of sharing didn't really make it. It stopped, it stopped being popular. Only YouTube survived. YouTube was the only part of the internet that still pays people's you know, micropayments for creating content. Yeah, interesting. You know, I, I, I love what you're doing. I know why you hate Google. But for me, I don't really see Google going down. But again, you never know. I mean, it, Google might be the story of too big to fail. Um, I mean, who would have thought in 2008 that where you're right now, you're in New York, and who would have thought that a major investment firm, Lehman Brothers, would be going out of business? No one thought that. Just like no one thinks right now that Google might, might that Google won't go out of business. So you never know. Um, if you don't know what Lehman Brothers is, guys, well, Lehman Brothers was an, a very famous investment bank banking company that basically failed in 2008 because they took on bad debts called mortgage-backed securities, where all these companies, these investment banks, were giving out loans to people who didn't have like the necessary credit, and they were just coming up blindly, like, hey, you want to get, you could have you walked into one of these banks, and you could have walked away with the bank if you didn't have like little or no money. You could, that's how easy it was to get credit. And basically, eventually, like these banks would say, hey, this credit is like 1% or 2%, and then eventually, that, that's called fake rates, and eventually, like as time goes on, they'll basically increase it on you, and basically all these com customers couldn't be like, these people couldn't pay off their debt, so they defaulted, and that's basically how uh, Lehman Brothers kind of failed. Um, in your opinion, you were you were alive back, you were there in 2008, what was that feeling for you when you found out like this financial crisis is happening. Uh, 
I really didn't understand what was going on with it. I still don't understand. Like, at least like with Google being evil, I, I know they're being evil. I still think it can be fixed, but at least I know what they do. But banks and loans and stuff like that, it never made sense to me. Uh, but that's kind of what kicked tech. That's what got tech going. Like the reason I got into tech is I was an attorney and they stopped making money because of the financial crisis. And uh, same with my co-founder, the CEO of Rap Genius, Tom. Uh, he didn't get fired or anything, but it's not an accident. He used to work at a hedge fund and then he stopped mm -hmm. working at a hedge fund and he started this big company. So it just has kind of signaled a new trend. Like when you go, when I was in college, everyone wanted to work for Goldman Sachs. That was the, everyone's dream job. And now you go to colleges, everyone's studying computer science, everyone wants to go to Y Combinator. So that's, that's really cool. That's a very, very positive change, I think, for society. Yeah, 2008, I just find it so interesting that two of the biggest companies that we know today, Airbnb, Uber, like most of these new companies, Tinder, Uber. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Dropbox, were, too. Yeah, they were Dropbox. Were all, were all, they all came into existence in 2008. And I know you're good friends with the CEO of um, Airbnb. Uh, why don't you talk about like how you guys met and kind of if, if you knew that Brian Chesky was coming up with this idea. Airbnb, I know from Y Combinator. And yeah, he was kind of the big first, uh, well, I guess after Dropbox, he was the second big hit of Y Combinator. And he was very supportive of Rap Genius. Uh, he's a fellow uh, big exercise guru. So that kind of bonded us. And he went to Yale. So we went to the same college. Uh, one interesting thing about uh, Airbnb is just that there's been no liquidity event. If I was an investor in Airbnb, I would be so pissed that because uh, it seems like it's going to be impossible. They have no choice but to IPO. And it seems like it's going to be really, really hard for them to IPO because Uber and Lyft's IPOs did not go well. They lost a lot of money and Airbnb's IPO kind of got derailed. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, what am I saying? WeWork's IPO kind of got derailed. So it's kind of uh, Airbnb for me symbolizes the, the dark place that tech exits are in. Yeah, yeah. Airbnb is the largest largest owner of rooms and it, they're not even a hotel like they don't want it they don't have homes by themselves they're they're more of a real estate real estate company if you think about it um but yeah why not how did you kind of become this big guy in industry like how did you become so big that you're now hanging out with people like brian chesky um all these rappers um how did you get into how do, what's your story, man? How did you get to the place that you are today? Well, him, it's through Y Combinator. And like, I'm, you know, at this point, I've, I've kind of alienated a lot of Silicon Valley. I'm more of a crypto weirdo than a Silicon Valley weirdo. But YC, it's not true. YC, I'm still a very proud part of it. I'm still attending Demo Day. I'm still investing in Y Combinator companies. Uh, it is, I think... A uh, very, very important part of why America is keeping the lead over the rest of the world in technology. I think everyone should apply. Whenever anyone comes and asks me for investments, uh, 
I'm like apply to YC. I pretty much only invest in companies that have been through YC. Mm-hmm. And you know, people are like, "What do you actually get out of it? You know, what do you get out of the meetings?" It's the same exact things people say about going to college. And I'm a big believer in college too. Like I'm someone who didn't drop out. I graduated from college. I don't think I really learned anything in college, but it's just part of your social network, and that's how you get to know people. Uh, the the guy who got Rap Genius into YC is uh, Justin Can, and he's he's a Silicon Valley dude who I have tremendous respect for. Um, and you know he's had he's had huge exits, like he had a billion dollar exit with Twitch. Interesting, interesting. I hope he's down with crypto. I guess I don't know how he feels about crypto, but <laughs> I, I could see him being down. So, kind of for the entrepreneurs who are listening and they're in that invest, investment um, investment stage, what kind of things do you and other investors look in a company that is looking for someone to invest in your company? So I only invest if you've been through YC. So it doesn't even we don't even start the conversation until you can apply to YC and get in. Uh, but in general, my advice on this thing is you have to launch and get traction, which is actually the same uh, advice uh, Justin Can gave to me about 11 years ago. Uh, pitch deck for me is a joke. Genius never even had a pitch deck until we wanted to pitch to Peter Thiel, and Peter Thiel's associate told us you got to have a, you got to make a pitch deck for us. But by then we were already like one of the biggest websites in the whole world. Uh, but we always just had a product. We built Tom, the CEO, built our original product in eight hours. It was built overnight, and then the next morning I started, you know, putting up the meaning to songs. Mm-hmm. And we immediately started launching other verticals. Like after a month, we were doing rock genius and poetry genius and stuff. Uh, and then where the, our first big milestone was when we got a million users a month. Because we, we had met with one of the founders of Gawker, Elizabeth Spears. She's a good friend of mine. We were like, listen, Elizabeth, when do we know that we've like done something big? And she's like, for me, the magic number is a million users a month. So we got to a million users a month and we're like, okay, come on, that's it. And that's, we applied to Y Combinator and we got rejected. Uh, so we got very, very angry. We were pissed that we got rejected. And then Justin Can did a blog post about us. Where he's like, yeah, I just found this site, Rap Genius. It's really cool. And I was living in the Bay Area, so he inv- I, I emailed him, and he said I can come to his office for coffee. And he told me to apply to YC again. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait, you can apply again? He's like, yeah, trust me, apply again. And the second time we applied, we got it. That's the other thing. A lot of people don't know you can apply again, and they think if they got rejected, they, they feel the way we felt. Like, they feel like their butt hurt or whatever. But... With YC, every single time that you apply, you're getting all of these ballers to read your application. So you can just make a lot of networking inroads just by applying to YC. Mm -hmm. And it's free. It doesn't cost anything. So Mm -hmm. for me, that's if you have a product, you should already be building your product. You have to concentrate on how many users you get. And then you have to apply to YC twice a year until you get it. Interesting. Um, I want to kind of backtrace a little bit. I know you got into some pretty good in-depth, some cheesy um, stuff about um, 
uh, genius, but I want to kind of go into it. How did you and your team come up with the idea for making rap lyrics, which eventually led to genius? So kind of like, kind of go into that story, like how, how genius was born. It was all Tom. I was just kind of the inspiration. I was explaining some rap lyrics to Tom. And Tom was like, wait, there should be a website that does this. And I originally thought he means a blog. Like I was telling you about my blogger blog. That's kind of how I know Tom, is that Tom was a fan of the blog I was writing for Google. I would write like, you know, funny posts and poems and weird stuff like that. So I just kind of thought my, my, and, and the original name I came up with was Rap Exegesis. So I thought we were going to do rapexegesis.blogspot.com, where we just write funny essays, trying to like break down rap lyrics as if it's Shakespeare or something. And I guess I totally didn't get the point. I kind of thought of it more as just something that you would read just for to laugh and to, to have fun. But Tom kind of had the vision from day one of how the site is today, where like you're actually going there to learn stuff, to get information. Although then again, that's not really what the site is today, because now it's mainly about the verified accounts. And that was my idea again. Like now the community is not as important as just the artists going on and telling you what they think. And the artists are not as much into giving you information. It's more like they're using it as an additional platform to create art. So interesting. So basically, those are the three stages of of rap genius. At first, I was just trying to do it as a joke. Then we actually got like this nerd community of scholars together. And now finally, we have the ballers themselves. We have the artists just kind of preaching to the choir. So let's get so you you come up with the idea. You talk to Tom. Tom codes it. You guys, after that, what has happens after Tom codes um, genius? Like, what happens after he codes? We had side? about ten friends. Pretty much all, all of us uh, went to college together. We were all from Yale, so we just started writing stuff on the website, messing around. And the way that we started getting traction was from Google. And I had no idea. I don't know how much of this Tom knew before he built the site. I don't even think Tom knew before he built the site. But lyrics is one of the most searched words on all of Google. It's like one of the top 10 most searched words that people go to Google for. So lyrics sites are huge. Like I had no idea that uh, like when we started, the biggest lyric site was called AZ Lyrics. And there was another one called Metro Lyrics. They didn't have correct lyrics. They were famous for having incorrect lyrics. Uh, like they would usually have people working for minimum wage in India. So it's like people who don't 100% speak English. So the lyrics would just be totally jank. And they had a lot of traffic. Like when we started, AZ Lyrics was one of the top 100 sites on the internet. Mm-hmm. Now they've taken a dive. A because of us. B because uh, Google is, as I'm sure you've heard, they're stealing our lyrics and putting them up on their own. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I heard about that. So how how like after 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 you guys kind of launched it, you guys kind of gained the traction. What did you guys do? to like put your name out like did you use social media because i know they call you the social media girl what did you do on social media like how big of a presence would you say that social media was in making genius to what what genius is today 
I think it was big. That wasn't the main thing that got us traction. Traction was mainly just getting the SEO to work, uh, mm-hmm. to you know, the, to win the lyrics, to win Google searches for lyrics. But the social media is how we got a community. We got together, you know, more people than Wikipedia has. Wikipedia probably has ten thousand people. Genius has more than ten thousand. Genius has had probably a hundred thousand dedicated contributors. Ten times as many as Wikipedia. And a lot of that was through uh, Facebook and Twitter. I was just kind of running it. The magic in social media for me is to reply to other people's posts. So I'd always be inside of people's hair. Obviously, back then there wasn't Snapchat or Instagram stories. I never used those in Building Genius, but now, now I love that stuff. That's my favorite tool of all. That's the main thing I use now because you can reply to people's stories and try to get to know them. Um, an important part when you're building a community, like when you're building a consumer site, you're looking for producers and you're looking for consumers. And one producer is worth a thousand consumers. Mm-hmm. So you can't even compare. Like when you can find a producer that's worth so much more than people who just are like down to read your read your site. Interesting. So how did you guys start to attract um, all these big big rappers? Like how did they start to come on into your um, like how did they start to sign up for Genius? How did our investors? Our investors. The the well the so the first guy who invested in Genius after. Uh, Y Combinators was Ashton Kutcher. Uh, obviously, he's very big name, and also that he was the first celebrity to start doing angel investments in tech. Back then, it was a big story; like no one else, no one even knew what angel investments are. Like now, a lot of people are familiar with it. So he kind of paved the way, and then he introduced us to Troy Carter, who's also one of the big, big celebrity angel investors. At that time, he had just stopped managing Lady Gaga. Mm-hmm. He was known as the manager of Lady Gaga, and he was also close with Nas. Nas used to work with Troy Carter, so the third person who invested with him was Nas, and that was obviously huge. Nas is the reason why we built verified accounts. He started using it and like getting Nas to use it, like you know, getting the biggest, most legendary rapper to use it. It really put us on the map. Uh, we also had Pharrell to in- invest, but then he never really got that into the product, unfortunately. Yes. Even though I love Pharrell, but he was he wasn't he wasn't as good of an investor as Nas. And then the the last big celebrity we had invest was Eminem. Eminem was the best one of all. Eminem, his manager says that he's addicted to Genius. They say that's the only thing he uses the internet to do. He's annotated all of his own songs. I think he has the highest Eminem IQ of anyone on the site, like higher than all of his fans. And then he also has uh, the second highest traffic song in Genius history, which is Rap God. Everyone's uh-huh. always looking up Rap God lyrics to see what they mean. I actually, I think he he wrote Rap God. The reason he wrote such a long, fast song was because he knew that it would be really really hot on genius and he wanted to help us out so he's the best investor of all time when people ask me who the you know we've had a lot of good investors we had ben horowitz who's a legend but the best investor we ever had by far is eminem and that's because he's addicted to our products that's the main thing that matters to me like when i invest in companies i try to be like eminem i try to use their app i try to use their product 
And that's what he did for us. He's probably one of our top, top users all time. Interesting. So I kind of read in an article that you're, you were a child actor. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, I was in Persian stuff. What kind of movies were you in and when you were a child actor? I was in one movie, which is kind of a Persian classic, but then also I was in a few pl- stage plays. Nice. But you can watch my movie. My movie's on YouTube, uh, even though like you know it's pirated on YouTube, but whatever. And if you go on my Everpedia, there's actually a link to it. So if you want to check out 12-year-old Mahboud, Thank God that I was in the movie right before I went through puberty. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I still was able to play a little kid. I think like about a month, a month after I played that role, I started growing facial hair. And my mom was like, wow, good thing they filmed that before this happened. So. Interesting. So um, I also see that you worked as an attorney at Dewey and Lee Buff. Is that correct? Dewey and Buff, yeah. They were one of the biggest victims of 2008. They went bankrupt and uh, the two guys who were running the firm were put on trial. They almost went to jail. For what? Honestly, I don't think they did anything wrong, but everyone was saying that they basically uh, took loans that they knew they wouldn't pay back. They said they they did fraudulent paperwork to get banks to, to give them loans that they knew they couldn't pay back. It was kind of like the legal version of uh, Bernie Madoff. <laughs> That's funny. So uh, are you still involved with Genius? I'm a shareholder and I mean, I'm not, they don't pay me, which I think sucks because I'm still their best employee. Uh, that's a lot of what I do with my life. Probably 25% of my time, I would say, is spent promoting Genius. And then uh, I'm very active on Instagram. Uh, my co-founders are not. So everyone on Instagram thinks I'm the CEO of Genius. Mm-hmm. Uh, every day, I have so many rappers hitting me up. Every rapper wants to be interviewed by Genius. And then one thing that makes me sad, so the good thing is being interviewed by Genius is like rappers consider that like how you've made it. Like that's what they want more than anything. But then they don't know that it's a wiki. They don't know that the way that it gets started is by signing up and putting up your own lyrics. They just think that we have to give them a call and invite them to our studio. So I'm kind of getting the word out there that like, yo, if you want us to interview you, first sign up, put up your lyrics, annotate it, make it get traffic, make it go viral. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So I don't want to create some controversy, but uh, do you still, what, if, do you think that Genius would probably hire you back? Oh man, so many people tell me that because I guess that's what happened with Steve Jobs. Maybe they'll pull a Steve Jobs, but I don't think so. I don't. I think uh, you know, it's they don't need to hire me for me to do what's adding value. It sucks that they're not paying me. They should be paying me at least a little bit. But I guess in the grand scheme of things, as long as we can uh, exit, as long as I can get a good exit, I can get probably paid a lot more from that than from, you know, getting just a monthly salary. But I guess, you know, I don't really care about money in terms of being rich or anything. I care about it more in terms of uh, transferring value. That's why I'm so into crypto. Mm-hmm. It's not about it's not about being rich. It's just about being fair. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of think it's unfair that I'm not getting 
I'm, I'm not getting a salary anymore. I wish that I wish at least they were paying for my lunch or something. Yeah, yeah, I feel you, man. I, I respect you. Um, I see you as a mentor. I see you as a legend. You're a great guy, man. Never give up and continue being your great self. Um, so I want to ask you, um, have you ever talked to like any of these big rappers like Kanye, Drake, any of them? What are they really like outside of the rap industry? Well, Kanye, a lot. Kanye, uh, he's Ben Horowitz's best friend. We actually got to go to his engagement party. Really? What? What? Did, how did you meet Kanye? What was he like the first time you met him? He was cool. Um, oh, well, so one thing I'm salty about Kanye is Kanye never used the site, which, like, I'm telling you, that's very, very important to me. Um, but what he did do was um, he actually designed a new homepage for us. Mm-hmm. Like on, he went on Photoshop and he redesigned the homepage of Genius. And believe it or not, we've actually used a lot of his, a lot of elements of his redesign. Interesting. What's kind of an untold story about these rappers that most people do not know? Uh, well, I hope I don't get into trouble. One, one thing I think was interesting, so we were on the bus to Kanye's engagement party. It was basically me, my co-founders, Kanye, and Ben Horowitz. And at the time, there were two deals. Kanye at the time didn't have a lot of money. He kept complaining to us. Like, it sounds, it sounds weird now because he's made so much money off the Yeezys and also his wife is a billionaire. But at the time, he was like, I need to make more money. I need to make more money. So one thing he had was Nike versus Adidas. Yeah, yeah, I heard of that. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then another thing he had was... Uh, uh, ben Horowitz's company, uh, what was it called? They made a product called Jambox. Mm-hmm. So they wanted him. They wanted him to promote Jambox, and then Jambox's competitor wanted him to promote their thing. Yeah. And ben Horowitz was obviously trying to make him do Jambox, but then the the big difference was Jambox wanted to give him equity, and the other people wanted to give him like just a very very small amount of cash. And you know, Jambox wanted to give him a lot of equity. So Ben Horowitz was telling him like, yo, you know, if Jambox blows up, you can become rich. These guys just want to give you like $100,000. That's not the same. But then it's funny because Jambox ended up going out of, going out of business. So <laughs> at the time I was like, oh my God, Kanye is being so dumb. Why doesn't he do the deal with uh, our investor? But then it turns out maybe Kanye made the right call. Yeah, I see you. So, like, what? Do, what? Who is like a lesser known rapper before they met you, and you helped them become like really big? Like, who was that one rapper who you totally changed and made them into like one of the main rappers that we know today? Odd Future. They're, so, they uh, Odd Future does not one hundred percent cooperate with Genius. Only one of them ever got an account. But we made them blow up. And that's so because Odd Future, their lyrics were so dirty that the other lyric sites weren't putting them up. So they were the first rappers who we would win the lyric search. Like for a while, uh, Tyler, the creator's first song, Yonkers, had 10% of all of Rap Genius's traffic in history. 
Like that was our huge gold mine. And the fans were kind of like nerdy internet fans. They were like the first internet rappers, which like now has blown up. Like now there's all these SoundCloud rappers and shit. So their fans were really into the idea of putting up their lyrics and breaking them down. Uh, the one guy from Odd Future who actually did get an account and cooperated with us was Mike G. And Mike G is still my dog. He came to my birthday. You know, he's one of the rappers who I've kept touch in touch with closely through the years. And he's the man. Mm-hmm. And the other guys, I really respect them. But again, like Kanye, they never used our product. And part of it is, I think they wanted to like pretend that they're too cool. Yeah. Uh, Mike G was actually, if you want to know another secret, this is another thing I shouldn't be telling you guys. Mike G was actually the first rapper to make his own account on Genius. But he didn't make a verified account. He just made an account and did it on his own. Mm-hmm. So he kind of gave us the idea. We were like, whoa, what if we could get a rapper to explain it themselves, but have someone who's like a household name do it? And then we talked to Nas and we got Nas to invest. And we kind of, thought, you know, Mike G gave us the idea. Interesting. So let's get into like another phase in your life. So you leave, you leave, um, you leave Genius, and then you decide to get into. Um, you basically you're at a talk at UCLA, and you met you meet with Sam Kizla. Am I seeing that right? Kazemia. Kazemia, and basically, what happens after that, and how how is um how does how did um Evropedia get born at the co- college campus of UCLA? So Everpedia, the original idea was just to make it a better version of Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get involved because someone made my Wikipedia page and it got deleted. Uh-huh. A lot of people don't even know that happens, but actually m- most Wikipedia pages get deleted. So I was, I thought that was stupid. I was always hurt that like, you know, I was about to go show my mom my Wikipedia page and then it got deleted. <laughs> Now, what's funny is, so now I have a Wikipedia page because I was on TV and stuff, but my Wikipedia page is really mean. So that's the thing. Like also, like even if you have a Wikipedia page, even if they don't delete it, they're, they're just really mean to you. Like they don't let you edit it. That's one of the rules of Wikipedia is that you're not allowed to edit it yourself. So that's another thing we want to fix. Like one, one thing I really want for Everpedia is to do the same thing Genius did, just have Everpedia verified have every celebrity go on their own Wikipedia page and do an interview where they talk about their life. Um, and then the way we, so the way we got into cryptocurrency is that's how we got our funding. We got $30 million to make this into the cryptocurrency Wikipedia where you're getting cryptocurrency for writing articles. Mm-hmm. And now we're launching other apps that are also on our same token, the IQ token. Like we just launched Predict, which is basically for gambling. Like you can bet someone if Trump is going to win the re-election or not. Uh-huh. Interesting. I love it. So for those who don't know, can you kind of go into like how Everypedia is kind of different and better than Wikipedia? It's better software, uh, you know, hopefully verified accounts get going. That's my dream. We still have it. It's funny. The first verified interview we did on Everpedia was Mike G. Mike G came to our office and we did it, but we still don't have a product for it. I'm always begging Sam to build a verified product for us. Uh, we're not deletionist. Anything that has citations, we keep it up. We don't care if it's notable. 
uh, it has multimedia. You can put videos like, you know, my, the video of the movie I was in when I was a kid is on my Everpedia page, but it's obviously not on my Wikipedia page. Wikipedia doesn't even use that many photos. The mm-hmm. only photos they use are photos that are licensed under Creative Commons. So on my Wikipedia page, there's like this really, really old, really ugly photo of me. I wish they would at least just change that. Mm-hmm. Wikipedia is whack, man. Also, just so you know, Wikipedia does not need your money. They're always saying, please, please, we need donations. That's all just a lie. Wikipedia gets all of their money from Google. It's basically just a part of Google. And then Google lies and pretends that it's nonprofit just to like, like not, not let people know how corrupt they are. Interesting. So like you guys, you and Sam meet and you kind of launch Everpedia. Was there any coding behind it? Sam built it. Sam had already built it before he met me. He, the, what he showed me when I gave the talk at UCLA was my Everpedia page and my eyes just like, you know, I, my, my head exploded because I was so excited because I remembered how excited I was about my Wikipedia and how pissed I was when it got deleted. That happened probably two years before I met Sam. Mm-hmm. So for those asking, like, I know you said that Kyle, you're better, but how are you different from Wikipedia? Uh, well, th- so for me, the main thing is you have a page, like you have a page on the, on the site, you can edit it. Uh, we'll, we'll, you, we can even we'll, we're, we can even tell people that you edited it. The only rule is anything that you put, you can't just make it up. It has to be with a citation. But we don't have a notability requirement. Wikipedia has this weird notability requirement that is basically just used for racism and sexism. Like basically people who are of color or women, a lot of times some random Wikipedia editor is like, this person's not important enough, delete, and they delete their page. And all of Wikipedia's editors are white men. Like 90% of them are white men. And there's not even that many of them. There's around 10,000 of them. Interesting. So I see that you guys are basically an encyclopedia for everyone. I really like Wikipedia. Seems you guys seem like someone who can eat up Wikipedia. Like I feel like Wikipedia is going to fail. And I also saw somewhere that you actually got into a fight with Jimmy Wakus. Is that true? Yeah. So it's, it's weird. That was before I knew about. It. So right after I left Genius, uh, I got a verified account on Quora. Um, and it had always been my dream to have a verified account. That was kind of like my two goals were to get a verified account and to get uh, a Wikipedia page. I always wanted a verified account on Twitter, but Quora was like, yeah, we'll give you a verified account. I was like, I'll take it. So I started writing answers on Quora and I became a big, big star on Quora because my answers were mainly just jokes. Like I was just trying to be funny. So everyone would go on Quora every day to like read my funny answers. And the reason I got into a fight with Jimmy, Jimmy Wales is a very, very active figure in the Quora community because he's also an angel investor for them. He's the founder of Wikipedia. And the reason I wanted to get into a fight with him is because I was friends with Larry Sanger. Larry Sanger is the other co-founder of Wikipedia who has beef with Jimmy Wales. And he actually ended up working for Everpedia. So I started going on Quora and I would write like, you're not the real founder of Wikipedia. Larry's the real founder. You're the fake ass founder. I'd write stuff like that. And then he got mad at me. He like forced Quora to give me a talk. And like, I ended up like cussing them out. They kicked me off of the site. 
but it was funny because all of this was before I got involved in Everpedia. So it was kind of like God telling me that like, listen, you have to replace Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. You know who you remind me of? I'm actually on the main page who's kind of triggered it. But you remind me of Elon, like the controversy that Elon gets and like the person that he is and the person that you are. Like you remind me, like you're like the Elon Musk of blogging, if you will. Did you ever meet Elon by any chance? Yeah, no, thanks, man. No, it's it's one of my great dreams. I would love to meet him uh, today. I, I Actually, right before we started talking, I was reading the Everpedia for his new song. He just mm-hmm. released his first uh, EDM song that he composed. Interesting. Yeah, the song is called Don't Doubt Your Vibe. I think. Yes, yes. That's interesting. He's yeah. becoming a DJ. Yeah, Elon the DJ. What what can Elon do? I don't know. This man is gonna make this man I think if if the rules allowed, this man will become president of the United States. Yeah, so it's funny. I used to not have that much respect for Elon because he's not technical. I mean he's he, I guess he is technical, but that's not the job he does. He doesn't code or anything. And I never had respect for people who don't code. I don't code, and so I never had respect for myself. Like I would always tell people, like I'm not the person who built Rap Genius. Tom is the guy who built Rap Genius. He knows how to code. But then Elon's success is kind of making me build my own self confidence. Like that's why I'm honored that you're making the comparison because. Elon, I think I, you know, I like to think I'm kind of like Elon too, because what we do, we don't know how to code, but we know how to make brands Mm -hmm. and brands are really what matters. Like if you have money, you can get, find people who can code, like Mm -hmm. you'll get the job eventually done. What you need is just for people to think that you're cool. And like, for whatever stupid reason, he made people think Tesla is cool. And now Tesla's blowing up. Their stock is $650. And it's not because the car is actually cool. Like there's people who will tell you that electric cars aren't even good for the environment, blah, blah, blah. But everyone in their mind just thinks Tesla is cool. Yeah. And that's what they think about genius too. Everyone yeah. thinks genius mm-hmm. is cool. And like, I feel like I kind of started that. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people know that Elon didn't actually start um, Tesla. He was an investor and basically he messaged so much that he wanted, he's kind of, you know, Elon is kind of like the, the Ray Kroc. If you think about it, like he's like the new Ray Kroc because like that's how like the similars are very similar. Like Elon invested, like do you know the story of how he got into Tesla? No, tell me. I think he actually like in, like so there was two investors I believe. Two, the two people started um they started Tesla and they were making like the the, the really fast car the mod I forgot what the, what that car is called the fast one, um, but they oh, basically no. started this and Elon said oh cool this is an electric company I'm gonna invest and so he basically invested into them and eventually like, he made so much that he eventually bought their shares over and he basically became the CEO of uh, Tesla and he's never held back and then he also started SpaceX which is really cool like Elon is like someone I look up to a lot. I love this podcast with Joe Rogan. Um, Joe Rogan is someone that I aspire to be. But yeah, I just love like how, how Elon thinks. I think like he's a different from a lot of CEOs. Like he's kind of like that party CEO. He's not afraid to like say something. Like he's like he's a party animal, but like he's like a genius at the same time. And he's just so smart influencing 
And I just love, I, I love the guy. Like, he's one of, I would say, like, he's probably my favorite entrepreneur. Um, and I would say that you are also there, too. You're probably, That's you awesome. and Elon share that spot. Um, one day, hopefully, we can get Elon on this podcast, guys. That'd be yeah. awesome. That's the dream. So, you, you know what I'm saying? Funny. That I think it was the it was two days after we so right whenever Pedia started we got funding and we used it to get basically a big office that a lot of the team was living in and it was right by UCLA it was like across the street from UCLA's campus and then literally the second day we were like still moving stuff in there and Elon Musk drove right by right by us uh, on a very small street. Uh, in his white Tesla because he lives right by UCLA and for some reason we didn't say hi to him but it was weird like we had Elon Musk drive by our office right when we started the company so let's say you're in an elevator let's I don't know where maybe at a start maybe at these new Starbucks things you're on an elevator Elon walks in what do you say to him I go well. What's his DJ name I'd be like yo MC Musk <laughs> like I'm, I'm rocking out to your beat man uh, I don't know. That's a good question. I would probably I'd try to pitch him something about his passion for music. Just the the main thing. If if the 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 original way I got in touch with Ben Horowitz is I told him I want him to open an account on Genius. So that's probably the pitch I would use with Elon too. I'd be like, "Yo, get a verified account. Like, tell us what you think Kanye's lyrics mean." Mm-hmm. Have you met anyone like really really famous, like any of these famous entrepreneurs? Uh, Brian Chesky was a big fan of Genius. He was very supportive. Oh, one thing was really cool is when Tom and I met the CEO of Pinterest, Ben Silberman, because he's also a Yale guy. And Pinterest at the time, like now Pinterest is kind of going down. Yeah. In 2011, everyone thought Pinterest is going to be the next Facebook. So we, we went up to him, like trying to kiss his ass, like, yo, I love Pinterest. And the first thing he said to us, he was like, I have 250 IQ on Genius. I'm annotating all of Lil Wayne's lyrics. And I was like, wow, this guy, like he's got the biggest site and he's talking to us about using our site. Interesting. I love it. I love it, man. So let's talk about like you're kind of the blogger. Like, you, you know the secrets to getting a lot of views on a blog. And I would say that blogging and podcasts are kind of the same. So what would you say, like, what's your secret sauce to getting so many people to click on your articles and read them? Like, how do you attract these people? Because I want to give some advice to people who also have blogs. Like, one of my friends, um, she wants to have her own blog. So I want to know, like, what are your tips to kind of people who are in the blogging world? It's really hard to get traction. Like my blog never got traction. It just kind of made me into a cult, cult celebrity. But like I'm saying, I never even got $100 for them to send me my check for $100. Uh, but uh, it's it's really hard. The only way you can really get traction is through SEO, which mm-hmm. sucks. That's not the kind of blogging anyone wants to do. That's when you do like blogging, like how to fix bugs in React, and you try to come up in Google search when people are searching React bug. Mm-hmm. So that's really hard. It doesn't let you do anything sexy, mm-hmm. but. 
I think it's more just about doing the kind of thing I'm doing where you kind of try to make a name for yourself. And then maybe this is how you meet the co-founder to your company. Maybe mm -hmm. this is how you meet the investor in your company. Mm -hmm. uh, vlog is definitely better than writing. My mm -hmm. dream was that I was into podcasting or vlogging, but I'm more of a written word person to my detriment. One thing I, one of my 2020 resolutions is I got to get on freaking TikTok. But A, I'm too lazy, and B, I'm too paranoid of the Chinese Chinese uh, owners. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. You know, I love TikTok, and I know the legend listen to Gary B. He's all about TikTok. But like, I got this inkling, man. Like TikTok is gonna go down just like buying it. Like I don't think it's gonna survive. I think it's just a fad right now. But again, that's what people say about the internet. That's what they said about Instagram. Just to me, I don't feel like TikTok is going to survive, but I could be wrong. But I don't know. We will see. And I, I know what you're trying to say about Google being like this big. It's like big, big companies, kind of like big pharma, but big companies like no one likes like these SEO companies. Like they don't like seeing ads. Like they don't like their phone listening to them. They don't like that. And I feel like, like, I feel like what you guys should do is make it easier for like all these blogs to be recognized like all these podcasts to be recognized so they don't have to keep on putting more and more money into SEO because that's how Google makes their money through SEO and through these people bidding and it's sad that many people aren't making they aren't getting to the top of the list because Google prefers all these people are paying them like a million dollars. It's not really fair for someone who's just getting into blogging to make it big because of the preference that Google has for big people. But I mean, I, I see what you mean with the hate, but yeah, man, it's just really sad. And I wish... A, a podcast discovery app could be really I don't I don't code so I never get to build my ideas but one thing on my wish list is, is I think there should be the vine of podcasts hey and I'm Manila thank you for giving me another entrepreneurship idea man uh, I would totally love to talk to you like after this pot podcast uh, we can talk about how we can do that and then for those of you who don't know uh, we talked about this too my entrepreneurship idea um, basically my idea is to help special needs kids find friends and you know like I feel like I don't know if you know anyone with special needs in Mahamud but uh, it's really sad to me that many of these friends are alone and they don't have people to share it with like I want to build something like match.com but for special needs kids like I see these kids struggling and just just sad and as for your podcasting idea podcasting yeah, just started it's gonna become huge it's we were talking about your idea your, your idea is definitely hot and it'll be really really easy to raise money too that would be a good one that would be a good one to build for sure Okay. Sadly, I am reliant on these other people who know how to code. You know, my dream would be if I could just build this stuff myself, but I'm just more of a hype man. Interesting. So how? So you know, you're the king of social media. So kind of give me and give my audience the biggest ways that they can use it. Because you were at, you were just at like. 400 or 500 followers I'm not trying to attack you and now you're over at like a thousand you you gained a thousand followers in less than a few months so yeah. how did you pull that out what are the secrets to social media 
so this is if I if I wanted to sum up my social media philosophy, this would be it. Everyone wants to create on social media. Everyone wants to post, mm-hmm. and it's very hard to get people to read your posts. Mm-hmm. But not that many people reply to other people's posts. Mm-hmm. And when you reply to other people's posts, at least one person is guaranteed to read your post. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of my magic is for every post I put up on social media, there's probably a hundred things I reply and a hundred things I write that are replies to other people's posts. Interesting. And so what are, how about for podcasting? Like how can someone like me, other podcaster listening to my podcast, how can they use social media and some of your skills that you know from blogging? to grow their podcast into like having well you can't just be a spammer on social media because a you know facebook and instagram and twitter they find out and b people get sick of it so you just have to become big on social media and then you can push your stuff so like i'm on social media all day i'm just like trolling spamming Uh, a lot of my posts are just jokes. A lot of times I'm just telling people what I feel. Mm-hmm. But you better believe basically the three things I'm spamming are genius, Everpedia, and Andrew Yang. Yep. So anytime I see an opportunity that I can tastefully pitch one of my apps or Andrew Yang, I'm doing it. And I've become very popular on social media. Like, you know, I'm verified. I have a following. And also, I think I get good uh, visibility. They know that the stuff that I write, uh, people like it. Let's talk about that. How did you become verified? What is the secret to becoming verified? I, I want to write an article about that. I really don't know that. I think being verified is for me, it was huge. Like, you know, I'm, I'm a nerd. So for me, it was like a dream come true. And I have no idea the way the, the way I found out is they give you a notification. Congratulations. You're verified. But my philosophy is this was Mark Zuckerberg forgiving me like Mark Zuckerberg. You know, I, I made, I, I tried to start a beef with Mark Zuckerberg. Try kind of like rap beef. I thought it would be funny and it ended up backfiring. It made Ben Horowitz really mad. It obviously made Mark Zuckerberg really mad, even though he was a huge fan of rap genius. So that was a big mistake. But then Zuck got really into crypto. And I think he realized that I was someone who's got a big crypto following. And that was right around the time I got verified. So it's funny, I got verified on Facebook and Instagram the day after I got kicked off of Twitter. Oh, So like all of them were making their decision because that, and then right the same day, Louis Farrakhan had gotten kicked off of Facebook. So like Facebook and Twitter were like kicking off all the controversial people. Mm-hmm. And I think like they brought my name to, to Zuck. They're like, Zuck, should we kick this guy off? And Zuck was like, no, verify him. And he knew I would have his back. Like ever since, ever since he hooked me up, I've 100% had his back about Libra which I wanted to do anyways. Like he's really, Zuck is the only guy in Silicon Valley who understands crypto and he's doing everything. He's, think about how much they're abusing him, how much they're yelling at him in Washington. He's taking the abuse for, for crypto. He's basically taking the abuse for all of crypto's top people. And then he should be the enemy of crypto. It's, it's crypto, 
challenges the centralized internet, which he's the master of. Yeah. But he doesn't care. He wants to make the internet better. He just wants to make a change. Hey guys, so I hope you enjoyed the podcast I just did with Muhammad. I know it kind of ended abruptly and not my usual ending. And the reason for that is when I was recording it back when COVID didn't exist at my school, um, they had to close. So I had to kind of end it right there. And we never got a chance to continue the podcast. Um, but we're de- I'll definitely talk and see if we can get a part two. Um, and speaking of Mohammed, he recently wrote an article on why he thinks the next CEO of Genius should be black. So go ahead and check that out. I'll link it in the bio of the podcast. And lastly, um, don't forget to share the podcast with three of your friends and give it a review on Apple Podcasts because that is what's going to help us grow this podcast and without further ado guys i hope you make your dreams a reality that is it for